beautiful. I'm Vina V and welcome to the 17th episode of the Mum to Millionaire podcast, giving you the confidence and tools to grow a successful business and create an incredible life for your children. Today we have got Mum of Two on the show. She is a fitness consultant for brands like Mothercare and she runs her own business as well called The Bees Knees. Please welcome to the show, Vicky. Hello. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm really good. Yourself? I am great. And I, I, I know people on the podcast can't see this, but I'm going to link to a YouTube video. And Vicky is in her lovely fitness gear. She must have just come straight back from sweating it out with some clients, I'm guessing. <laughs> no, I a quick 10 minutes because I don't have much time Oh, to, to work my abs because I'm going to Ibiza the end of May. Oh, and amongst all those beautiful people, I need to be in the best. <laughs> and um, a little bit later on in the show, actually, Vicky's going to tell us some great fitness tips because I think it's so important as a business owner for us to work out. I think we kind of neglect ourselves and our bodies when we're so busy with our businesses. So that is coming up a little bit later on. But yes, Vicky is here today to talk about how to build your business brand online. Now, Vicky, uh, you obviously started your business life with fitness classes for mums, didn't you? That's right. So I specialize, and I still do, yeah. in providing pregnancy, antenatal and postnatal, uh, one-to-one and group uh, fitness classes, which were very local. Uh, West London, I had a big t- a team of trainers uh, that went and delivered the classes in other locations as well. But it was mainly quite London-based, so London, UK-based. And I'm obviously following on from that, now you're building your brand online and you've created a membership site. So that's why Vicky is here today. She really understands the core basics of setting up a business, but now she's transitioning some of it to online as well. Um, Exactly. Yeah. So, so that, I wanted to reach out to the people that I couldn't that couldn't access my services locally. I wanted to reach out to far more people and help far more people globally yeah. um, with my programs and to give them access to that. Obviously, I had to think of a way to mm-hmm. reach them, which was online. Yeah, and I think Vicky is a great example of kind of bringing your business into the twenty first century because a lot of business businesses might have a you know a traditional shop like a cake shop or something and it's just working out ways isn't it to kind of bring your business online so talk us through then how have you built your brand and are continuing to build your brand online now okay well I did obviously have an original following and from the people that I spoke to there were a lot of people that moved out of my local community moved to different places I had clients move out to Australia the US, etc. When you know, with their little ones, um, husbands got other jobs, etc. Abroad, um, and they were still in touch with me and would still ask me questions on the email about the best way to get into shape and how they had limited amount of time to get into shape, how they didn't have much time going to a gym, um, especially with a baby or a toddler in tow, yeah. um, and limited amount of childcare. And also, uh, they want short workouts. You know, my moms, my my new moms, my pregnant ladies do not have much time to work out. You know, the the, the sort of hours spending in the gym and going to mm-hmm. classes and stuff uh, weren't that feasible for them. So I needed to come up with a solution. I knew that I needed to come up with a solution for them, uh, which addressed uh, time being an mm-hmm. issue. Um, specialist postnatal or beyond the natal so no matter when you had your baby advice and exercise because your body changes when you've had a baby and 
what you did before you had a baby doesn't cut it in terms of exercise and getting your body back into shape and regaining your shape um, after you've had a baby, no matter when that was. Um, and then uh, three, really having accountability and support to be able to start a fitness <laughs> program in the first place and then to stick with it and be consistent with it. Yeah. Because that's the key to success with any fitness and exercise program is the accountability. So kind of bringing your business online is actually quite an easy step, really. You don't really have to think, oh, hold on, what, what idea shall I do? You, it was just a very natural thing. Yeah, it was addressing the needs of my customers. Um, and that was the way to do it, really. So for them to be able to access virtually my personal training support, mm-hmm. for, their, for me to provide them with the tools and the advice to be able to get fit, but at any time and anywhere. So they don't need to travel to a gym. They can do it in their living room or their front room. So it was uh, my online service, which was really addressing the needs of my existing customer base, but also all those millions of other women out there that have had the same issues as well. And I think people do forget the power of the internet and YouTube. I think sometimes, like, even for me, Mum to Millionaire is more, you know, this is my space. It's kind of, I'm an online business from the start. But for you, and I'm sure so many other people listening to this podcast, you were, ha- like, your classes were fitness classes in, you know, off the internet. That's how you started. So... I just want to really emphasize the point that you can build a brand online. You don't just, just because you have a cake shop, it doesn't mean that it has to stay down the street. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, so you can reach globally to people with your service as long as your service is awesome and uh, your customers have a need for it Mm -hmm. to be um, online. I mean, my, my customers are all mums, they're all new, they're either new mums, mums-to-be or, or mums with um, children that have perhaps flown the nest and gone off to university. Um, they still have the same need in terms of short workouts, they want to get back into the shape, they want um, an easy way to do that, they want different kind of workouts as well. Um, and they want more energy, everybody wants a flatter tummy, everybody that I talk to, um, and, and most people want to be in better shape than they are. Yeah. Um, and they also want the fitness, as well as the fitness tools, they also want the food advice as well, and obviously I deliver that online yeah. to them too. So obviously uh, your your first step was kind of seeing the need of your customers and your clients, and you know people were obviously crying out, so would your first tip just obviously listen to your customers? Yes. And obviously find out find out what their pain is, you know, where yeah. where their challenges are. So I knew that my mums don't have much time to exercise, therefore it falls to the bottom of the to-do list on many occasions. But actually, um, once they do, because not finding the time is actually not that a compelling reason not to exercise when the long-term benefits of exercise are so, so massive. Yeah. Um, like, you know, reducing your risk of heart disease, you're reducing your risk of cancer so that you're around for your little ones when they become older. Um, you know, having more energy, but really the, com- the compelling reason why everybody really wants to exercise is to get into their best ever shape. Yeah. Um, but it's how you go about doing that and having the right tools and the right exercises mm-hmm. to make it easier for you so that you don't think it's too much hard work yeah um and you need to when you're, you're thinking about an online business um it's really how does that online business address the pain of your customers so that you're providing a solution which works online it must work online yeah because some things might not work online <laughs> like if you're selling a cake 
you can't exactly. really sell, send the cake or the waiter yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know um yes they can see it visually and it's going to attract yeah. them um but usually they want to taste it they want to know that it's really really good so it's kind of really finding different ways to do that. We, I always go back to that example of the cake shop. But if someone does have a cake shop, they could even maybe set up a, a YouTube channel on teaching people how to make a simple recipe. They're, you know, you're still building your brand that way rather than just not doing anything online. So it's like, exactly. Food videos are very, very important, you yeah. know, are very, very popular sorry, now. So, yes, that cake shop could do a lot of little food videos of how to make cupcakes at home yeah. you know which may then lead to other things like the cake shop producing a book yeah because they've produced online videos and and various blogs etc so an off byproduct of the local cake shop would be a book that's been produced from you know youtube videos and promoting yeah. what they do online so although you can build a business online you also can do a very carefully thought out marketing plan um, online as well to promote your service or your product. And how have you done that? Did you, so when you obviously figured out, okay, I'm going to launch my membership site now, I'm going to get some videos together, I'm going to get some meal plans together, put this all online. What was the next step for you? Was it literally sitting down and creating that content or did research kind of come before that in terms of getting your price right for your membership site and yeah, all, all so the little... Exactly. I have my membership and I'd, I'd recommend this to anybody that's, um, that's planning or going to produce an online offering or an online site as part of their business is to get it tested. So I chose... 20 carefully selected clients um, or friends or colleagues they could be um, who I knew I could trust to provide me with feedback. Um, I carefully crafted a list of 10 questions. I gave them access uh, for a couple of weeks. Uh, So I gave them a deadline on it as well. Um, I gave them access uh, for two weeks to the site um, with questions um, carefully crafted and asked them to feedback on these specific 10 questions. I didn't make it any longer than that. People are very, very busy. Um, of those 20 clients, you know, I didn't expect all of them to respond, mm-hmm. um, but I got, a, I got a very good response rate. So I got 15 out of 10, 20 responding to me, and most of them answered most of the questions. That's and nice. I also got them to review. So by giving them two weeks access to my videos and my, my services online, I got them to review to write me a review um, of of the service as well. So I had something to go out and market with. Um, And also we tweaked the site and played around with it a little bit following the beta testing. But I always recommend, yeah, you beta test Mm -hmm. your online product because the functionality is very, very important. It's got to work well. The user experience has got to be good. Otherwise, people are going to click off. They don't have Mm -hmm. time to be messing around with sites that don't work properly. That, um, that's such an important point because sometimes you all, we all do it sometimes I go to a site I see a tweet from someone I click on it and if their website takes like more than a minute to load I just literally can't be bothered to wait there yeah. and it sounds so harsh and horrible but that is the far you know that's for someone like me that's actually quite a patient person and wants to find out about things but a minute it's just it's just too long or if a site isn't clear and crisp if it's really messy and I'm like where am I supposed to be going here I think that's another um 
a point and so with your so you kind of did that's quality research then so you didn't just kind of get a hundred random people and say oh hey everyone go on this site you really carefully chose your people yeah and got that really quality research and answers back from them yeah I mean to try and find a hundred random people that you know would take you time yeah. as well and I wouldn't recommend that to anybody because you you, a, you don't know quite who you're getting and yeah. b if you're going to give access if you've got a membership site you're going to be giving access to a membership site there's obviously some confidentiality involved as well especially if you've not launched yeah. so you've got to be choosing people that you know and trust aren't going to be sending information on to any potential yeah. competitors <laughs> or r- ripping uh, off your videos <laughs> but um, the user experience so my objective of, of the beta testing was to make sure the user make sure I got to the bottom of the user experience and ironed out any issues before we went live so any functionality issues any issues with looking at the site on a mobile phone device or a smartphone or a mini iPad and all the various um, mobile devices because obviously your site needs to be responsive because if you look at the statistics now, a lot of women in particular are um, accessing sites from their phones and doing a lot of things on their phones. They're not really going back home and accessing things on their computers as much. You know, people are out and about, especially if you've got a new baby or you've got a Mm -hmm. toddler, you're out and about a lot. So you're accessing things on on a phone. Sorry, quickly going back to your point about um, trust and trusting the people who you're sending your product or service out to. I think that's such a great point you raised because, number one, you're going to get more better results from that. But you do need to get some good feedback because I know if I kind of, and I still do this now, I might send something of mum to millionaire, like before I launch the website, send it to my friends and there's just, oh, there's nothing wrong with it. It's amazing. Even though that feels great for like a confidence boost, it's not good for your business. You need, I think I've got that one friend who will literally like dig himself a massive hole until I don't like him. (laughs) Because he was saying, oh, why have you done this? Think about doing this. You need that one, even if it's just one person to really kind of look, here's your product you're launching or whatever it is. Because you don't exactly. want people, I'm sure you didn't want your 20 people to just say, it's amazing. Oh, and that doesn't help. Yeah. Constructive criticism um, that was fair. And exactly, I mean, yes, if you send it to your friends, it's like if you sing in front of your friends and you may not be the best singer in the world, they might go, oh, yeah, that's pretty point. Lovely point. <laughs> um, uh, yes, I didn't send it really to any of my friends. I sent it to, you know, people that I'd worked worked with in the past and and clients to get constructive criticism and people that that were you know switched on and on it and I knew that wrote well and would provide a professional insight for me and be professional with the with and and treat it with respect and Mm -hmm. and know how hard I'd worked on the project um you know and and as I said before treat the project with respect um and, and provide me with good quality feedback Exactly. I think that's so important. And then, yeah, touching back onto your whole point of your website being responsive, that is such an important point in the 21st century for any business that wants to grow their business online is, yeah, like Vicky said, your website needs to be responsive on mobile. Still, I'm going on these amazing websites with like thousands of people going on there and their website is not mobile responsive. I do not understand why (laughs) this is happening. Yeah, and if you're selling something, um, you want people to be buying there and then you don't want to be losing them because people 
you know, perhaps won't go home and then sign up when they get home and get, you know, yeah. get the computer, especially my market where you've got new mums and they get home and then they're feeding the baby or they're going after the toddler or they're putting the children into bed um, or they're dealing with homework and things like that. And it just gets forgotten yeah. and, and you've lost them. So, um, yeah, with online stuff, you know, it's very instant. It's very now. And if you've got somebody that's interested, you kind of want to get them signed up straight away. Yeah. You don't want to lose them. And in simple terms, if you're thinking, what is mobile responsiveness? It's basically where your website is fully functionable on a mobile phone or like Vicky said, Vicky said on an iPad uh, or any, any screen, your website should be functioning and looking like your brand as well. It shouldn't be a completely different site. It should all be the same uh, consistency and all, you know, all be working nicely. So if they do want to sign up to your free ebook or whatever you're doing, they can do it on their phone. Like Vicky said, they don't want to kind of, because you'll, you'll just forget. If you see something on your phone, you won't remember to go home later and sign up or whatever it is, no matter how good the um, product is you're giving away. Exactly, exactly. So it's got to be responsive. Um, and, you, you know, you'll be working with, if you're, if you're doing something online, you'll be working with a web developer. So just, you know, ensure your web developer is aware of that. They should be. Yeah. Um, and you're working together to make sure that happens. And it's tested on the various uh, mobile devices. And it is so easy now. Um, you could also be doing some offline stuff, um, blogging, list building, etc. But I'd say choose three or four really good thorough marketing um, methods. Mm-hmm. Um, try not to be too ad hoc about it. Facebook is obviously great, but that's a little tiny part of your social media yeah. campaign. There's other elements as well. And also, if your customers aren't on Facebook, they're not really using Facebook. Say you have a business-to-business product, and actually a lot of your customers are on LinkedIn mm-hmm. and not really Facebook, then you need to be making sure you're using the right social media channel exactly. and searching it, etc. Um, so you need to know who your customers are. Um, you need to know the benefits of your service, your online site. What are the benefits? How do they solve your customers' pain? And I don't mean like physical pain. I mean the, uh, the you know, the emotional physical <laughs> challenges they're facing, that kind of pain. Um, the benefits um, and how how easy you know it is to, to sign up with you why would they sign up with you what, what 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 is so special about your site or your service your online service as opposed to one of your competitors but also know who your competitors are and find out what they're doing as well um and how well they're doing it obviously so you know the online stuff is like an extension really isn't it of your business so you're kind of doing the market research seeing what your competitors are doing online and I think that's so important what Vicky mentioned is the marketing strategy. There's no point kind of throwing a website online and think your products or services are going to sell. And that's it. <laughs> that's not going to happen. It might happen in one in, you know, a trillion chance. But yeah, you really need that marketing strategy. And what? And we, I think we have to remember that every business is different. My marketing strategy is going to be so different to Vicky's. Mine, you know, is a lot to do with social media. And even for me, it's about actually going to meet mums and kind of a lot of my strategy is kind of going offline a bit and kind of bringing people online and Vicky like she said she had a business before so she's already got a a client base there as well but in terms of kind of um bringing your brand online in terms of social media is there one platform that you concentrate on more than the others 
or do you? Um, there are two platforms that I'm going to be concentrating on uh, more than others because they're very visual. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously what I'm offering is very visual. So people want to see videos on fitness um, and people are very interested in food. So the two platforms that I'm going to be concentrating on are Pinterest um, and Instagram. Um, Ooh, I'm glad you mentioned um, Instagram. Yeah. I'm an Instagram <laughs> fan at the moment. <laughs> so looking at my demographics, I'm not just appealing. I'm not just appealing to the UK. I'm obviously appealing to people in um, Australia and the states, and mainly English speaking um, states and countries, because um, the videos are all in English, etc. So mainly uh, English speaking states and things, but not just limiting it to the UK. So obviously, you know, yeah. I want I want to be out there globally. Um, uh, that's not to say that I'm obviously not going to be um, on Google Plus, but I believe Google Plus um, is great for um, putting your blogs on and getting awareness of your blog articles and stuff. Whether I'll whether you get any sales, etc., from Google Plus is a different matter. Um, so you just got to look into. Um, what social media is great, but obviously you want your social media efforts or whatever you put to actually convert into sales. Yeah. So here's the thing: you can be posting three times a day, writing blogs. Um, you know, and people might do the occasional share and things like that. But you want all that work to be actually converting into sales and revenue. So you need to make sure you've you've thought out um, how how that's going to happen. And I keep saying this to people. I think people are so obsessed with getting like 100 likes on a photo. So, so this is going to sound horrible, but so what if you have 50 likes on a photo if that that's it? Because someone will like a photo, but then tomorrow, what, what, what is the benefit of that? Obviously, it looks great in terms of if someone's coming to your Facebook business page and wow, you got 50 likes on a photo. But, you know, this is business at the end of the day. How is that going to translate into a, a sale? Exactly. <laughs> so... Um, is there anything else you wanted to kind of mention or that's you know I think that's quite good what you what yeah you said. I think we've summed it up really I mean um, so my top tips would be to um, ask the question to your clients you know what are their challenges what are their issues how then can you best serve them online um, how are you going to go about doing that what are you going to create there's a value uh, what your pricing point is, what people would expect to pay and, and research competitors. Um, and then also beta test. Mm-hmm. So test your um, online offering. Make sure its functionality is working. So it's working correctly. Make sure the functionality is all, all right. Um, make sure you obviously you've looked into the, into the legalities. So your privacy policies, all that kind of stuff is very, very important. Um, and then also you need a well thought out marketing strategy. So how you're going to reach your target markets, you do need to know who they are, um, how old they are, who they are, uh, what hobbies they do, etc., where they hang out. Um, and then, you know, uh, yes, a well thought out uh, marketing strategy um, and have some targets in place as well, you know, um, in terms of if you're going to be using Facebook, for example, um how many likes what kind of posts you're going to um be creating and how you're going to be converting people that like your page actually into paying customers and i think facebook i think everyone's kind of dissing facebook at the moment but it is a great platform if you use it in the right way and coming up after vicky's episode actually in episode 20 
we have got a Facebook lady on who's build pages. So that's coming up in a later episode. But before Vicky goes, thank you so much. Those are great tips. And I think that should really get anyone thinking. If you've got a traditional business, really kind of think how you can bring some elements of it online. Um, as everyone knows, I keep going on about it, that I go to the gym now. <laughs> this is like an amazing achievement for me because I used to do exercise when I was like 16. Then I did nothing for about 10 years. So, um, yeah, I'm going to the gym now, but I'm not one of these freaks that stay in the gym all day. The reason why I go to the gym, because it just really helps me. I am so much more productive in my business just for taking that half an hour, 25 minutes in the morning to work out. And as Vicky is the fitness expert, um, I mean, how do you kind of build fitness into your life? And how can other mums do that as well? Um, yes. Okay. I go for short workouts. I, I work out in bite-sized chunks. Because hours, 45 minutes aren't realistic to me anymore. I don't want to take that much time out of my working day, um, especially as obviously I have the childcare costs while I'm working. So um, what I do is I do short quality workouts, which have a higher intensity but a low impact because I didn't have my children that long ago. Um, and, and I make sure, yes, I'm, I'm sweating. I do a mix of cardiovascular. Strength training is really, really important because the strength training using either your own body weight or just minimal pieces of equipment, dumbbells, um, are, are really, really, really great. And resistance bands as well are very, very effective. Um, and I work out and make sure I'm doing exercises where I'm using more than two or three muscles. So I'm not sat on a machine. Yeah, yeah. I'm using um, I'm using three or four uh, muscles um, in one particular exercise. So I'm asking my body to multitask, and then I do quality workouts, twenty minutes. I make sure I stretch afterwards to lengthen my muscles back through, and also food. Food is really important. I'm a complete foodie, um, but I know that I make conscious decisions about what I eat and what I choose to eat because I want. Uh, to be productive in my day. I want mental clarity. I want focus. I want to have a sustained amount of energy to see me through my day to make sure I'm being productive and, and working on my key tasks. Um, and your food is very, very important. Um, your brain functions with what you eat and you need to nourish your body to be able to be productive. You can't be productive on, on eating lots of sugar, although it will give you a quick high. It won't give you a sustained energy So um, or caffeine. Um, so I make sure I'm eating well and I'm choosing good quality snacks um, that see me through my day and make sure I'm switched on during my day as well and it, it does it does make such a difference to do that but I do have something to say to you I did the other day I think I told you about this I went to the gym and then I came home and you know when you just crave chocolate I came home after my half an hour in the gym and I put on the kettle had a nice cup of tea with a cream egg and it just felt so oh, good the worst. <laughs> if you get cravings cravings are common cravings are huge cravings are an indication that you're lacking something so yeah, chocolate <laughs> no <laughs> efficient in something else so and what's happened there is the willpower's you self-sabotaged but you know what every now and again you had a cream egg. You don't yeah. really just pop about it and you exactly. move on. And make sure exactly. You make the next day. That is what I would like to say to everyone. I had the cream egg, but I haven't eaten one for about two weeks now. Yeah. So yeah. I needed, I, need, I feel mentally I had to feed that craving. <laughs> so the 20 rule is really important. 80% of the time you eat really, really well and you make yeah. good choices. 
20% of the time you choose something you fancy. Uh, on a note of chocolate, doesn't every woman crave chocolate? I know, <laughs> I do myself. I choose quality, so this is dark chocolate. This is 70, 80% cocoa solids. Oh, I'm, uh, I'm glad we're talking about chocolate because I've got a video. I'll link it in the blog post of Vicky. I actually met Vicky a few years ago. God, it was about five years ago now, four years ago. And I've got a video of Vicky talking about actually some chocolate that can be good for you. So I'll link that <laughs> in the blog post. Absolutely. <laughs> and the kind of, before you go as well, what kind of exercises can mums do as well? Some really simple stuff, like maybe if, you know, you know, they've done the school run, they've come home, but maybe they've got another baby at home as well. And they, what stuff can they do at home that's really quite quick and they can still, you know, get on with working on their business at the same time? Well, first of all, they need to go to my site, which is <laughs> with a Z, knees with a Z, high hive.com so that's b-e-e-z-k-n-e-e-z hive.com beeshive.com because on there there's a couple of preview videos that people can do completely for free Um, stretch and release floor core so these are exercises for your abdominals they're like four minutes long and they give you a couple of great exercises Ah, to do and that means you can do them in the living room I have loads of clients that I train virtually whose little ones are there in the living room with them in the corner of the living room maybe drawing a picture uh, while mum is working out to her videos or you know sometimes they want to join in um, so I say you know the best thing is to kind of try and work out at home in bite-sized chunks um, what my videos provide is that specialist um, post-children uh, post-baby advice and, and videos uh, which you don't get from just a generic DVD um, so they yeah. really address the issues that mums have faced with their fitness and their figures after having a baby no matter when that was and I think that's great even for you you know Vicky's business in general that there's not many that are, are um, you're like Vicky is a mum herself she's got two children your youngest is three three yeah still are still a little baby so Vicky is really kind of she knows what it's like to be us she knows what it's like to be running around running a business and she she gets it and I think that's so important for us business mums as well is to kind of connect with someone like that you know all these people in the gym you know if, if they're a young guy obviously they're great to look at but what do they kind of know in terms of having two one child two children and running a business so I think it's great that you... I mean, I connect with all my clients because I've kind of been there, been through the situation. You know, yes, I might be a fitness person, but I don't have much time. And I know the challenges that all my mums face, I face myself. And yes, my youngest is three, um, you know, and... I perhaps uh, wouldn't feel that comfortable about speaking to a male trainer with a couple of years' experience um, in a gym about my pelvic floor issues. <laughs> um, you know, fortunately, I haven't got some because I know uh, exactly what to do to yeah. help <laughs> pelvic floor issue conditions. Um, but that's what you've got to consider as well um, in terms of exercising after you've had children. It's that it's that specialist advice, and there's not that much out there. What's that uh, exercise called again? When you um, pull in your, where, where you go to the toilet? What was that exercise? Is it called the pelvic? What's that called? A kegel. A kegel in terms of the pelvic floor exercise. Yeah, you know when you kind of sit there and then you can just do it when you're sat at a desk and you kind of squeeze. I can't. There's a name. Is it called a kegel? I can't. It's called a kegel. Um, it's it's when you are trying to locate your pelvic floor yeah. and hold it in and hold it up and squeeze and and uh, try and stop 
the urine urine that's, flow basically yeah. what we're trying to do and it's called a kegel yeah ah, that's it a kegel oh, I, I need to start doing that more because when i go to the gym and i sometimes do squat jumps and i can some this is disgusting but you're all mums i don't care sometimes you can feel like we is gonna come out and i was like oh my god no i need to exercise that muscle yeah so that the kind of issue that's complete what i address because that Vina hates it, is not normal, so that needs to be fixed. So um, the kind of exercises that I do, you know, you don't want to be leaking because obviously that muscle, which is pelvic yeah. muscle, gets weaker the older you get. So obviously there are going to be issues when you do any kind of high-impact activity. Um, you know, if you might want to consider running at some point, you know, and if, if the squat jumps are already making you kind of leak. Or having I, think, I think I might sound as badder than it actually yeah, is, but, but I just wanted to tell everyone out there. <laughs> it, it, you, know what, um, you know, it's actually very, very common. So mm. I think a lot of people will be really pleased that you, you, you've actually brought that up. It's very, very common. And um, I hear it a lot. So um, again, you know, that's why you need to seek out postnatal specific um, exercise because, yeah. you know, you don't want the exercises that you're doing to be ineffective mm-hmm. and um, to hinder you. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Vicky. It's been great. And if you've missed anything that Vicky has said, we're going to put a recap over on the blog. I'm going to put some of her videos, the links to her site as well. So you can just obviously check her out and we can all do these pelvic floor exercises (laughs) together. Head over to mumtomillionaire.com forward slash episode 17. And like I said, a recap and all of Vicky's links will be on there. But um, just before you go, um, what is one baby step that some Someone can take after listening to this podcast to really kind of grow their business online and make that transition what is kind of the first thing little step that someone would need to do the first step they need to do if they haven't created anything online already would be to um find the two to find the two key issues that their customers are facing and um work out how they could fix those by providing a virtual service. That is perfect. So you need to work out that there is a need for your service online first. And that's such a great point. And I'll quickly chip in with that. If, if people are sat there thinking, but I don't know what my customers or potential customers' pains or struggles are, it's very easy. You can just ask people or go on LinkedIn groups, Facebook groups, Ask your existing customers, which I'm sure, Vicky, you probably did. Ask some of them as well. And If you're servicing your customers, you have to know what their challenges are yeah. uh, because your service is is addressing those. Yeah. So if you don't know what they're... What, they're <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, you have no customers if you don't know. <laughs> That's really important. <laughs> maybe I worded that wrong way. But I'm talking about maybe the people who are, you know just starting out that business and they're like who, who are my customers what are their problems but yeah just like Vicky said always do your research and ask people aren't going to hate you if you ask them you know what they're struggling with or what their pain is but yeah everything's going to be over on the blog mumtomillionaire.com forward slash episode 17 and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast if you are listening on itunes make sure you do that and remember take action today not tomorrow be confident be brave be you thank you for being part of the mum to millionaire journey mum to millionaire i empower you to take control make money Please like us on facebook.com forward slash mum to millionaire.
Love you. <laughs> Love you too, Mommy. <laughs>